Welcome to Pot to Popular, a podcast where we interview the media, marketers, and moguls who are mainstream in cannabis. Join along as we learn from the greatest minds in this industry and learn about how cannabis is becoming part of popular culture, health, wellness, and industry. Welcome to today's episode of Pots of Popular. I'm your host, Rosie Matteo. Today, we're joined by Olivia Alexander, CEO of Kush Queen. Kush Queen is one of the most popular personal care lines in the cannabis space. Olivia has an innovative line of bath bombs, personal care products, and is one of the most recognized female entrepreneurs in the space. She's joining us today to talk about her journey into the industry and where she really sees the future of personal care and cannabis intersecting. Welcome, Olivia. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Rosie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Big fan of the product. So um, I usually like to start out these uh, conversations just learning a little bit about the backstory. You went from being like a young actress working in a dispensary to founding an innovative multi-million dollar cannabis company. So I'd love you to tell our listeners a little bit about your background and how you got involved in the industry. Yeah. So I was just living the actor life in LA, needed a job. I was 18. I had just tried cannabis for the first time, fell in love with it immediately because it let me sleep at night. I was like a wild insomniac lifetime of mental health issues. And one moment I was like, wait, this is a lie. This everything that I knew about this plan is a lie. Cause I grew up in Louisiana town of 700 people, friends, act, brother murdered buying weed in our town in third grade. So I had a very stigmatized view. Wow. My friends were opening up a dispenser. My boyfriend's friends got a job as a bud tender, mind blown, um, loved selling weed, loved how many people came in every day, not for, to get high, but for wellness, for serious medical conditions as well. And was kind of mind blown. I thought then I would make media about cannabis. I thought Kush Queen was going to be a movie like sisterhood of the traveling pants, but girls who (laughs) sold weed, like who wants that? Um, And then basically just living in LA, living around the industry at that time, the medical days, Um, In 2012, I started a company called The Crystal Colt, started making blinged out Swarovski crystal vape pens called the one for weed Kush Queen. Um, Quickly realized that selling vapes online was really hard. And also I couldn't stop selling them to teenagers. Um, When you put crystals and velvet on them in leather, it becomes a little wild. And that sort of birthed Kush Queen without it being a thing. I became an influencer. I had 3 million followers at the height of it all. Um, My fiance came home and was like, hey, uh, this cannabis company wants you to do their social media and I'm going to take their pictures. And I was like, okay. So we had a marketing agency for a few years, um, got deleted off the face of Instagram in a really terrible crackdown. But Kush Queen had already kind of uh, been rebranded. I was selling it out at festivals. And one of my clients um, who was formerly Bang Chocolate, they became Chill Chocolate and then Soul Distro, who's now the parent co. Um, you know how it is in this industry. You've been <laughs> and, around. You've seen everybody from day one. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And so they were huge supporters of mine from the beginning. They put me on their truck, got me into the dispensaries. And because I had had that e-commerce background with Crystal Colt, I was fighting to sell CBD online from like the get, like when they were like, you can't sell this, like you absolutely can't sell this. And so me, my dad, uh, my partners, we were just always trying to get that processing. And so by the time 2017 rolled around, we had a great online business. We were in the dispensaries and we just started 
building what is Kush Queen today. And it's been kind of a mind blowing ride ever since. So Olivia, before we get started, what is Kush Queen? Kush Queen is a luxury cannabis brand for women. We have over 80 SKUs. It started all with a bath bomb and we make handmade products in both the hemp market and the compliant cannabis market in California. Our products range from bath bombs to nanotopicals. We have our own transdermal technology and we have an amazing brand that is focused on our community and on making people feel seen in cannabis who have not been the traditional cannabis consumer. I love it. I love it. So, you know, we started with the blinged out vape pens, but like what consumer experiences did you aim to introduce through the products? So when I had the vape pens, my phone rang every single day and it was women. And they were like, what you're posting on Instagram is it oh my God, I want to be your friend. And also, can you put weed in it? And I was like, oh. And so I went to my dad and I was like, dad, this is crazy. Everyone wants to buy weed from me online. And he was like, stop. And I was like, no, really, we should make (laughs) cannabis for women. Like for me, for, I just never fit in. You know, I was even in the bud tenders, they were all women, but I was literally wearing Louboutins and just like had my purse and was just crazy as nails and just a totally different vibe than anyone had. And it was just such a male dominated industry, especially back then. I mean, back at the cannabis cups in that time, women were literally wearing nipple pasties and being bud tenders. It wasn't my experience. I wasn't seeing myself in the content. And I really just wanted to create really effective products at that time. At this time I had worked for so many cannabis companies. I saw, um, significant amount of the products were not of quality. And so it was the combination of, I wanted to create something effective. I wanted to create something that was actually going to work. And the whole time I'm on my own mental health journey. And really I'm the guinea pig. You know, I, my mom and my fiance are the formulators and I'm the guinea pig. And I'm the one who says, this doesn't work. This does work. And so the product line really obviously started with the bath bomb and we wanted to give everyone an effective product, a great delivery method, and then the same kind of in the same product, something you could give an OG user and something you could give your grandma. And that is what just ignited it all. Um, And then from the brand, I just wanted to create a brand that represented me, my friends, my experience. And um, it's really just, it really is. I'm the muse. Like it's, I am the CEO. I mean, I'm in charge. But so much of the design, so much of the way that it looks and feels, and even the way that the product line developed from the bath bomb, I have a story for everything of a why. It's really one of those true organic, um, heart-centered little journeys that we've been on together. And I'm really just always trying to speak to women. I mean, now I think we speak to a larger audience. We have a huge demographic of elderly people and then LGBTQIA people who don't identify as women, but they identify with a brand. And so that's really important to me as well. I love that. And and I also think, you know, sometimes, you know, some people say like, you know, don't build a product for yourself, right? Build like, you know, for what the consumer is, but like, I know one of my favorite female entrepreneurs, not in the cannabis space, she like has a diet and wellness company. She says like, I'm my own consumer. I know this has worked for me for 20 years. So I want to bring my brand and my vision to so many people. And she's a very successful business. So I love that, like taking your own experience and then, you know, bringing it out there to the world. And you never realize how many people really you know, resonate with what you're trying to do. So I love that. And you mentioned about, you know, I had those early experiences to go into the canvas cup and seeing the girls with like, you know, the pasties on, right. And the canvas industry really, like, we're so lucky that we're female entrepreneurs and we're connected. 
it's still so heavily male dominated. So like, aside from those cups, you know, what are some of your memories as a female entrepreneur during these earliest days? And how did those experiences actually influence the way you run your business today? Um, and just like, so I know, like, how do you celebrate and honor the women that have come before you? Because I know it's important to you. Yeah. So, I mean, I tell this story a lot. I'm at the Cannabis Cup. I'm I'm doing content for a brand. I see Corey Thomas from Honeypot win her Cannabis Cup. Um, Shauna Droji, who was the former owner of Soul Distro, she was a huge mentor of mine. And she was, I remember sitting in her conference room and I was there to talk about content. And she's like, I don't know why you're doing this. You need to do Kush Queen. What do you want? I'll make you pink chocolate. I'll make you purple chocolate. And at the time she had another, um, women-owned brand, Yummy Karma still around, Love Crystal. And she was just pushing us. Like, she was like, you guys have to do this. Like we need you. And if it wouldn't be for the support of those women, I, and, and seeing, oh, I could do that. The representation, I don't even think I would have had the audacity because at this point I'm, I'm in my twenties. I'm really young. I have no money. I don't have a clue. And I'm not a traditional business woman or person in any way. I'm really just going off my gut. And like you said, just creating something for myself, especially in the beginning. And then over time, it just felt really lonely in moments. As I gained power, I realized like, whoa, like early days, Kush Queen 2018, two of my former clients that connected cannabis did an angel round with Kush Queen. They're the only investment I've ever taken. They're really how I survived the switch from medical to the compliant market. And if it wouldn't be for their support, I wouldn't be here. In some ways though, it was lonely because I was literally the only woman in a room of like 50 year old men. And I've always been able to hold my own and I don't think about it. It doesn't register with me in another way. I think it's because I was in pageants and dance competitions growing up and you're just taught to like force yourself down people's throats and it doesn't matter. And my mom always said, just imagine everybody's naked, you know, just life, just everybody's naked everybody's underneath their clothes is just like you just keep going. And so I didn't have a lot of confidence issues, but it just felt lonely as a woman. And then, um, you know, you have these experiences for me, a lot of it was other women coming to me on social media, talking about sexual harassment, talking about their experiences. I didn't face those same things, but it broke my heart. And I was like, we have to do something. And then as the industry has evolved to the legal market, um, there's just been less and less of us. And we know, we know why the barrier to entry in the industry is just so high. But at a certain point, I tell people this, I'm like, I really didn't think we'd be talking about needing more women in cannabis in 2022. I really thought we'd be beyond this because it's a female plant and such a large demographic of the consumer base is women. Why would we not be in control of the messaging of the branding of the brands and the products Um, so it's just really been something important to me. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm a radical feminist, uh, at, in, in all aspects of my life. Um, my feminism is deeply intersectional. And I think that for me, um, I love being a woman. I love the opportunity it's provided me. And then now it's just kind of like, how can I help other women in the same way that, I mean, I will never forget Shauna she was tapping the conference table and she was pointing at me and she was like purple chocolate. And I was like, what? And it's, it was powerful. And then just the support of women every day, literally someone hits me up and is like, come be a part of my event. Come do this, come do that. And if it wouldn't be for all of that support, Kush Queen would not exist because we did not have the funding. We did not have the bag, but we had the support and we had 
just so many women who came and were like, how can I help you over the years? And that was really a big thing for me. And so really getting those numbers up and in executive positions, in leadership positions, running companies, stakeholder position, it's not just enough to be a bud tender. It is not just enough to have a woman running your dispensary. We've got to be in the power position if we really want to have that change. So. I love that. And, you know, I also encourage more women just to go for it. You know, just say yes is like one of my biggest lines. Just say yes and figure it out because unless you take a leap of faith and, you know, we're all scared, right? Um, you'll never know and you will get to that point. And he touched upon this, you know, mentioned it like the Gen Z women are actually, you know, the consumer base, the fastest growing consumer of legal cannabis. So, you know, given, you know, as a formulator and someone, you know, who's creating products at this point in the industry, do you believe that the current products in the markets address female health and wellness needs? Um, and what are the most commonly overlooked applications of cannabis when it comes to female wellness? Where are you seeing, you know, pockets where we could see growth? Yeah, it's really wild. So I just wrote a book called The Essential Guide to Cannabis for Women. It was an opportunity that sort of came to me. I didn't seek it out. And I wrote this book about app, like using cannabis for women and all of these different aspects. And, you know, it really just reminds me of our lube, you know, Foria was on the market, they were in the market, but it's not a lube, it's a marinade. That's an Ashley Montaline, but it's true. And ultimately right. we were like, oh, well, let's make a real lube. You know, that's when we developed our transdermal technology and the same with the bath bombs, you know, like a woman's vagina is very sensitive. It is, it is pH. It's all about balance. And oh, okay. in the early days, people would say, oh, I'm not soaking in that, you know, though that's going to mess me up. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm a woman. I've tested this. We've tested this on so many bodies. And I know that it's absolutely not going to disturb your pH. And I tell people we would not have a business if our bath bombs disturbed the pH, I swear to you, because the bath bomb is what made us. And so it being a woman, being in control of the formulations, and then having a, ma a majority women at our company has also guided the products. I don't think there's enough products speaking to Gen Z women, millennial women. I mean, even boomer women. I mean, it's just incredible to go into a dispensary, especially in California right now. And it's like a handful of brands that are speaking to women. And I've just never really understood it other than they're just not in the power position. They're just not in the place to make the products. But that's also what I encourage other women to do is there are so many holes. There are so many different experiences. And it really just, it doesn't surprise me that women are becoming this power demographic, especially young women, um, especially because we know millennials and Gen Z don't use alcohol at the same rates of, of, um, as cannabis either. They use cannabis more and they prefer cannabis. So I think it's just a really interesting time. And for me, it's just exciting. And it's how I've done it at such a young age. You know, I constantly am like, I'm so young, you know, how did I get here so quickly? Um, because some people will say, oh, like, you know, they don't know my story. They don't know that I've been in the industry for so long, but it's just like, it really did happen fast for Kushween. It felt like when we really got serious about it, there was a six month period. And then we had like three warehouses and I was like, Oh, I have so many employees. But the thing that kept me going every day was knowing that I was actually making products for women who needed them. And it always has kept us in the, rooted in this place of like, this is really important that we do this right. Because it's kind of, it reminds me of the dropout, this Elizabeth Holmes show on Hulu. Yeah. It's just like, you really do mess it up for other people and you have to be really integritous with what you do because we're representing all women. If I had messed up my deal with like, you know, my angels or, you know, run my business in a poor manner, I think 
well, that could literally affect someone else's ability to get investment one day. And that's a, that's scary, you know, but I love that. I love the that numbers, mindset. The numbers are crazy in traditional business. You know, if you look at how much VC goes into traditional industries and then you look at ours and then we're intersecting at sexual wellness and all of these other things, it's like there's women founders are not getting what they need. And at the end of the day, it's up to up to us to remember that and be integrous with what we do and make products that speak to women. Absolutely. And so, yeah, to that point, so like, you know, it's important to you. So how are you and your team, like, how do you guys tailor marketing and R&D to each of these specific segments? Like, you're, you're saying that there's, like, not enough products that, like, span the demographics. How do you guys approach it? Um, it's a mix of 50% what I'm looking for and what I want as a consumer. And then we've built such a great community online. Um, and they speak to us. And we listen. Um, from everything from the marketing, you know, there was a time, like, 2020 Valentine's Day. I won't forget it. I was feeling frisky and we did a very frisky Valentine's Day shoe. And we had a couple customers who reached out to us and they were like, this offended me. It was mainly because it was two women, um, like lesbians, God forbid. Um, and, but we, we have this dialogue with our customers, you know, we don't ignore those emails. I literally had my CMO like personally reach out to those customers and have a dialogue with them. Um, because women were in control of the shoot, but we're in control of the content we make. I mean, I don't think we've had a male photographer shoot any of our content in years. Um, our sets, our sets are almost all women, except for the few men we hire to be in the content. Like most of it's so funny. It's like an all woman team, not at the, the formulation level though. We have men and it's also about passion. You know, we're being guided by something different. It's, it's in the culture, um, at the brand. It's in the culture of our relationship with our community. It is a, um, a group effort. And I think that I embody that feminine energy a lot in the early days too much. You know, I let them see me in all forms and now I I've, I've matured a bit. I've gotten a life coach I've evolved. Um, but it really is, it's just sort of like in the fabric of who Kush queen is and it drives literally everything we do and it makes it so much more fun. So it's just like part female power, part passion. And especially with um, the role we see ourselves as innovators with our technology back in like 2017, we started pursuing the transdermal technology. We have the patent, I think now pending. We, that's when I started putting it in makeup and really trying to make cosmetics. And is the market even in California ready to sell cannabis cosmetics in a dispensary? No, we know this. I mean, I'm selling a primer in there, but I won't in a, in a setting spray, but I won't act like, oh yeah, that's what people go to dispensaries for. I mean, right. people never go to dispensaries for a bath bomb, but it's an important place that cannabis can actually work. I think that's the other thing is these applications for women, they're not gimmicks, they're real. Our skin is really our biggest organ. Women really do need ways to consume THC in the morning before they go to work without smoking and social anxiety, going on a date, you know, putting on a primer that can actually give you a nice microdose buzz 
almost instantly, it changes the game. And then we made a great beauty product. So, you know, we're just doing, like I always say to people, I'm like, we're doing something different. Um, there are people here who have much more impressive businesses. Um, they have bigger sales, but we take the role of being an innovator. We take the role of having our community and being in conversation with them and then having a great culture and a business that we can sustain. You know, I still retain 85% equity in my company and I'm trying to hold on. I'm trying um, as long as I can, because I really want to, I really want to still be running Kush Queen when this thing goes federal. I don't know if I'll be able to, but it's really, um, it's really exciting. And I still love it so much. And I think that's also part of what's driving new products and the pursuit of innovation. Cause these big companies, they can't innovate. It's, it's just not their role. That's not what they do. They're too big. So I really enjoy being like, okay, we have to make this. And then they're like, why? And I'm like, well, this is why. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I I love hearing like the passion of this. And I want to talk about one of your other passions, which we haven't spoken about yet. And I love that you guys are so mission driven. It centers around ethical cannabis consumption. So I'd love to understand like what that really means or looks like to you. And what are a few practical ways that consumers can shop for cannabis ethically, whether it be a Kush Queen product or not? Yeah. So how to be an ethical cannabis consumer is a little section that I fought for really hard in my book. And it's something that I try to talk about online right now. And especially with Gen Z coming into power, you know, they're really, really conscious. I would say, if anything, they're the most conscious generation that we've ever seen. And that comes in all aspects of the product and brand experience from what is the brand doing to help other people? What is the brand doing, especially in cannabis, to work with formerly incarcerated people or to help in the war on drugs? Um, are these products destroying our planet? Do they contain bad ingredients? Um, and then at the end of the day, who's running the company and how they're running the company? I think being an ethical cannabis consumer for me started because I was working in cannabis and my friends were being abused as employees. I have a friend, I won't say their name, but I went to brunch with them. Their appendix ruptured. I was I was like, you have to go. I gave them $20. I said, get, get just they were like, I got to go to the ATM. I'm like, something's happening to you. You're like dying in front of me. Their appendix ruptures. They send me a picture from the hospital. And then they text me that they got fired from their job at a a major cannabis company. And I was so upset. Um, And I, I've just had a lot of those stories. And I think ultimately, if we as don't empower consumers with the knowledge of how to be an ethical cannabis consumer, unfortunately, some of these companies are not going to be held accountable. And we don't want to, this, in, this industry is so small. It's so young. It's a baby. I, people are like, right. cannabis has been around forever. I said, but this is an industry that is being born. We are a part of its birth. And do we want to enrich people who are going to continue to build industries in which destroy our habitat, which destroy human life and who don't have deep values? And I think with the George Floyd protests, I think with the past few years with COVID, now people are like really coming around. But there was a period where we were doing real activism work as a company with a social impact center, working with National Inspungement Week, who's now changed their name, just doing what I thought was like really good, important work, working with people who weren't able-bodied. And I was trying to get other brands to support it and they wouldn't, you know? I mean, there was a period where I couldn't get brands to sponsor us marching in the pride parade in West Hollywood. Wow. And it's just one of those Thankfully has, you know, 
come around, I think, you know, due to, you know, COVID and George Floyd, to your point, but it's unbelievable to think it wasn't so long ago that people were saying no. Yeah, I mean, there was, and it's like the LGBT community specifically, that's a part of cannabis history. You yeah. know, like they gave us Prop 215, like, what are we doing here? So it really is just how to be an ethical cannabis consumer is just about empowering especially young people to understand the house, because I've talked to so many of them on social media. I mean, I'm, I tell people I'm like way too available on social media to people. And right. I talk all the time. <laughs> I'm like, God, why do I, I'm like sending this girl a voice note about microdosing, And it's just like, but they don't yeah. know. They don't know. They're literally like, I only have so much money. So I go to the dispensary and that's how I shop. And I get it. I get it. But especially if you start to really support a brand, if you find a strain or a product that you really love, you want to look into that. You want to just make sure that they're not like, you know, using maybe an, an oil or something in their products that could be destroying the rainforest. You know, we're, we're facing some real shit as a generation with climate change, um, with COVID, with now possibly a looming economic crisis, I'm unsure about. Um, and I think that, bringing that like millennial consciousness to my company, to what we do. And um, now trying to empower my audience is just like a part of me being a little bit of an activist deep down. I mean, I've, I've become a stone cold capitalist. We won't, we will not. Uh, I always tell people, I'm like, you know, it's, it's just capitalism, baby. When I, when I first started, it was all about activism, but now I realize like, especially this industry being so large, that's what it is. And so I tried to do as much good as I can, because that also brings my passion back because after doing this for like so many years, I don't have burnout, but you know, you got to find the things you love to really keep that fire really lit within. I love it. I love it. And also, what I think is so interesting is you recently published a book that covered what we talked about today, in addition to other FEMA-focused cannabis topics. So what would you say is your most important takeaway from this project? Mm, my most important takeaway from the project is I think that, okay, this is a strong statement. Women get the most benefits from cannabis. And that is what blew my mind as I was even writing the book as a veteran in the industry, as a veteran with the plant. And people always say, well, why is cannabis so important to women? And it is because it does so much for our bodies and our minds. And then on top of it, the pressures that mothers face, the pressures that young women face. I mean, even this next generation coming up with social media, we're seeing the numbers, we're seeing the statistics. They, they are not good with mental health and cannabis can be especially applied in the, in the intentional way and the right way at the right doses with the right strains, it can transform a woman's health. And then you look at the numbers of the little amount of money being poured into traditional science for women's health. It, it's barely anything other than in the fertility space and cannabis almost can provide an aid for almost every single thing that a woman faces. Is it going to work just by itself? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on your body and your ECS, but it blew my mind um, when I wrote the book because it, it, there are just so many ways that it can benefit a woman. And it's like, obviously that's been the, the violin I've been playing in my career, but even I was like, wow, where, where can we not use cannabis as women? This is why women are going to run this industry and be the biggest, most influential consumer base of cannabis. And from an industry perspective, they're going to consume more cannabis than men. 
That's also it. That's what people are missing. It's like, if you have a guy who's going to go to a dispensary to get a joint and maybe a rub for his knee, he's going to buy a couple products. If you have a woman who's stressed out, who gets her period or is going into menopause or, you know, literally has skin, skin issues, it's endless. And women, we live in a culture of many, many products, many, many uses. And that's also part of a, a philosophy I preach from Kush Queen and in the book, which is daily cannabinoid use, tincture, lotion, bath bomb, smoke a joint here. I really believe we have to get the consumers understanding that it's not a joint at night. Maybe it is for you, but it isn't for most people. It's using it as a medicine, continually feeding the ECS that is going to actually bring your body to that homeostasis and make you feel better and look better. And then that's actually where we grow the industry into a place that it's it's so much bigger than we could even ever imagine because people are replacing and disrupting the biggest categories, especially personal care and beauty with the products. And that's also, um, it all just goes hand in hand. And I mean, you can see I'm salivating. It just excites me. Um, like, and I love it, but like, yeah. I'm going to jump into your DM for a protocol so I can keep my ECS on fire. I love it. Um, yes. And finally, what's next for Kush Queen? I mean, you're very ambitious. You've done a ton of stuff. Like what's up next? What can we look out for? Well, we just launched Flower into the compliant market in California. And while we have a big business, we have a big business selling bath bombs and we sell a lot of bath bombs in California. We're in the smallest category. And I really wanted to have a brand that didn't just make topicals, but made smokables. So we just did that. We're launching in Arizona and Washington next, um, really trying to get in other cannabis markets. Um, And then I think where we're going to go, I'll just say this is experience. Um, The biggest thing that I know millennials and Gen Z want are experiences with cannabis. And the biggest thing that we don't even have here in California is a place to consume cannabis and enjoy cannabis. And so that's really where I want to go. But um, I mean, who knows at this point, you know, every day we're we're dodging acquisition, we're dodging it. We're just dodging all these things. And the one thing at this point, you know, in cannabis, is like, you got to be ready to pivot. You got to be ready to change your mind. Sure. We have a plan, but the plan can always change. And I always tell people, um, for me, everything that's happened with Kush Queen is truly beyond my wildest dreams. If you had told me this at 25, like this would be my life. I would not believe you. And so I just, I'm like, it's icing on a cake that is so delicious for me. And there are so many brands that go out of business and in California specifically, it's like a revolving door. It's really sad. And to just have that, um, that legacy. And, and I always say we're here for a long time, not a good time to be able to last is also what I'm trying to do. I want this brand to be here when I'm long gone in, in a part of the earth again. So, um, also that just trying to survive and, and slow and steady win the race, but I'm really excited for people to get the products in other States and hopefully eventually get on the East coast. You know, people, we have a great online business and you can actually ship a lot of products with THC in them because of the farm bill. Um, it's, it's, it's more than people think, but it's still not the same as the dispensary experience It's still not the same as Delta nine. And it's still not the same as regulated cannabis. You know, I want people to know my product is the best. And that's why I even suffered through the switch from medical to compliant. When a lot of people said F it or, and just did can uh, CBD or just did one. I said, no, we have to do both. So we're just going to keep surviving and hopefully thriving and keep being, um, just who we are and keep seeing this space flourish and hopefully 
connect with other brands and, and really continue to just be a part of this amazing, fast growing industry. And I mean, who knows what's coming next? That's the thing about cannabis. I love it. Every time you think, you know, something crazy happens. So. Absolutely. Um, anyway, Olivia, thank you so much. This was like so, uh, such a great conversation. I love connecting with other female entrepreneurs. Um, I can't wait to see you roll out of the East Coast and East Coast girl and someone who loves your product. So kudos to you for really moving the ball forward on personal care for women, on, you know, women being active in the in industry. You know, we, we need more women like you. So thank you. And thank you because I follow you on Twitter and I see you representing moms and entrepreneurs and I love your fitness journey. And I think that you represent women in such a way that really warms my heart and is so important. And thank you for having me today. And I hope you have an amazing 420. 